This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I just got that song. Um, what is that? Up where they run, up where they play, up where they do Little Mermaid? Is that what that is? Oh. Jesus. I'm serious. I feel like he's taking us somewhere new tonight. Up where they run, up where they sing, up where they, whatever else he says in the song. Play all day in the sun. Oh, what a line. Are you sure that's not Psalms? Jeez. Oh, we, we give you consent tonight, God, to take us somewhere new. We say thank you. You're moving in this room. It goes beyond words. You're moving in this room. It goes beyond a school. And we just say yes to it. I thank you for your move in our hearts. I thank you for our move. I think I thank you for the people that represent family members that we're waiting for God to move in, in this room. And I thank you that you're the one moving us. It's you. Thank you for moving us. Thank you for where you're taking us, but I thank you more than anything that you're the one who takes us. We say yes to it. We say yes, that we keep our hearts open um, to you, Jesus. Whatever that we, we don't need where we're going, we drop it right here. And we give you permission to help us kind of declutter our hearts, our minds, whatever it looks like moving forward to, to, to let us know, right, hey, we don't need that. We're going, we just say, have your way, whatever you want to do tonight. Take us, take us by the hand tonight. <sighs> oh my gosh. Thank you, Jesus. I wish I didn't ask what that song was because now it's going to be stuck in my head all night. But yeah, take us where they play in the sun all day. I just want to encourage you, and I'm with you on this, is this is a school of word and worship, and I'm in a, I'm in a kind of a, I'm in a kind of a, I don't know, a way different place than I was last week because my heart was open to what was being taught, and I really allowed God to kind of like talk to me outside of the context of a, a blue chair in a sanctuary on a Wednesday night. It was a okay, there was a question that was opposed to me and I brought it home and I kind of chewed on it between, between me and God. And then he took that excuse as like, he took it around with it. He was like, oh, what about this? What about this? What about this? And I got to get to know him in a way that I never would have imagined when I was sitting in this, in these, here in this place. So yes, this is a school of word and worship. And I, I hope that you learn. I hope that you grow. I hope that you're challenged. But I'm telling you like more than anything tonight, I hope that you walk out of here knowing his heart better than you did when you walked in here. And not for the sake of saying, oop, I know it, but for the sake of it changing who you are. That's the goal. So if I teach anything, let it be centered around that. If you, if you hear anything, let it be centered around that. And um, that'll be the filter for tonight. Cool? Okay. So I just, 
I felt like this week has been such a big decluttering week for my heart. Like Pastor Kathy mentioned something in uh, talking about holiness last week that it made me ask the question of, is this baggage or is this luggage? Like, is this, is this luggage where I'm going to, uh, do we need this where we're going? Or is this just something I'm just dragging along with me? And um, so I asked the Holy Spirit and I encourage you tonight, ask him, like ask him these things. It's not about, you know, oh, I caught you. You know, you got baggage. It's not, that's not what this is about. This is again, an excuse for you to know him even more than you did when you walked in here. <sighs> so in this like decluttering process, what I found is like questions are really, really helpful. You know, I do it with my wife sometimes. We've moved and we've um, spring cleaned a couple of times. And the most fun question I ask is like, why do we have this? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> or, or like, what, like, you know, what, do we need this where we're going? That's another good one. Um, and I feel like God is wanting to do that in us. And not no shame, no guilt. It's not like, ha, ah, I found this stupid blanket. It's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's because he's focused on where we're going and where he's wanted to take us. So yeah, Holy Spirit, we give you permission to do that. Okay, can I share the question that's been bothering me all week? Not bothering me, but been, but been kind of like transforming me all week is she, Pastor Kathy mentioned um, holiness and she asked the question is, have we made it an accomplishment or a relationship? She said, and I was like, I don't know. I don't like that. <laughs> that's a pretty, that's pretty close to home. Cause I feel like I've built a lot of what my, like my relationship with holiness on the, on the, I did it part, nothing bad. But, um, but I started asking myself that question. How do we make holiness a relationship and not an accomplishment? Nothing's wrong with accomplishments. I mean, think about your accomplishments. You guys can even share some tonight. I mean, this is a pretty small crowd, so we can do this. What are some accomplishments you guys have? Shout it out. You're alive. Way to be. You have a job. Yes, I love it. What's up? Oh, no, okay. Dicey. Dicey. Oh, what a great job. Oh. <laughs> yes. Anybody else? Anybody play sports or anything? Yeah? Do you do anything? Basketball, let's go. Um, work, did anyone fix any problems at work this week? Yeah, you did. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, Danny. Pro, I love it. I, 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 fixed, I fixed my first IT problem, and I bet you might as well give me a Nobel Prize. It was just like, it was just like, a, it was like the best thing. But so, so I, I love accomplishments. And then uh, what else helped me define this too is what is a relationship? Let's, let's talk about, is there anyone that you really cherish? Anyone that you really like? Relationships like, oh, I love this person. What? Oh, husband, wife, yes. Yes, he's right there. Brownie points. Yeah, he's right there. Great job. Well played. Well played. Any, any other relationships we love? Your dog. Yes. That's wonderful. Yes. I heard another dog in the back. Yeah. Anybody else? This is it. I'm in no rush. Your mom, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, thank you for saying that. I got a call from my mom today and I was so busy, but I was like, I gotta pick up. And I picked up and she was like, I just called to say I love you. And I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, all right, <laughs> thank you. No, moms are great. And I think, I think accomplishments are so, um, they're good. Like, I'm so proud of you for fixing something at work. And I'm so like, good job with Dicea and good job. Like, accomplishments are great for like what we've done. I think relationships are special because of who those people are.
And if we want to start filtering our holiness or how we view holiness through a relational lens or through a relational filter, then we have to be willing to let go of what we've done and really fully embrace who he is. You see what I'm saying? And it sounds nice on paper. I'll tell you, it's like, oh yeah, that checks out, you know? But I found an, ap- an application. It's not as easy because I really love what I've done. But we won't go there tonight. We'll, we'll keep it moving briefly past that one. Cool. <sighs> so, but I'll, actually, you know what? Let's take some time there. I want to thank you, Jesus, for a people willing to let go of what we've done. Good and bad. We hang our hat on so much that we've done, but I genuinely thank you, God, that there's a people that are listening right now and even in this room and even more than that, that you have a bride, you have a church, you have, you have us who are willing to drop what we've done, good and bad, and fully embrace you. Let's talk about who he is for a second. So Colossians 2 verse 9 and um, 10 in the New King James Version says this, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily or um, in human form. And you are complete in him. And there's more to that verse, but I kind of wanted to stop here just for a second. Who he is, is the filter for my holiness. And I'm telling you, some of you guys mentioned like your dogs and these people. I was thinking of like, you know, my wife or um, Alex or some of the people really close to me, Rafa, um, Pastor Leslie, I was texting recently. And I was thinking of who she is or who these people are and how they impact me is so crucial. It's tied together. Like, obviously, it's not just, you don't love your, like, your dog is your dog, but your dog has an impact on you that it doesn't have on other people per se. Do you know, does that make sense? It, there, there's, a, there's another level of depth that we go when we're talking about filtering holiness through relationship that is completely dependent on our, our willingness to allow who that person is to affect me, to impact me. And here in Colossians, we see it so clearly. It's he's the fullness of God in bodily form, in human form. And I find my completion in him. And in the Passion Translation, it goes on to say, and our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God's Christ, with Christ's fullness and it overflows within us. He is the head and the source over the, every kingdom and authority in the universe. So it's the sandwich of who he is and how it affects us. And then we can talk. I mean, we could go on for days. There's so many like very, let me just scan, super smart history decades with God and they know the word like the back of their hand and it's so beautiful. I mean, I really love it. Like it gets me excited when I look around this room. Like we know on paper that he's, he's the way and he's the truth and he's the life and he's the lion and he's the lamb and he's our redemption and he's, he's, our, he's our good shepherd. And some of the stuff we actually talked about tonight, like um, in, in, in song or in prayer. And we know that this is Jesus. He's the word made flesh and we know that he's spotless and we know, we know, all, we know he's the bread of life. We know he's the light of the world. We know all these things on paper. We know all these things. But how much of those things have impacted who we are? And I'm not, this is not, again, these questions are not accusatory. These questions are an invitation for us to get to know him more. <sighs> have I let this man whose eyes are like fire impact me? His eyes are like fire. His voice is like rushing waters. His hair is white as wool. His feet are like bronze. His face shines like the, brill- like the sun and all its brilliance. And how have I let that impact in me right now while we're sitting in these chairs? How? 
Can I be more excited about his eyes that are like fire than the teaching that's coming out of my mouth? More, more, more excited about the word, the word that it sounds like rushing waters, his voice, does it excite me more than me sharing a word with you? Are you hearing a word? How am I letting it affect me moment to moment? Holiness, is that's where it's gonna come from. His, his, who he is impacting who we are. Oh, I love it. When David was out here, I went to the men's meeting and David was ripping it like that. And even more so, he kept saying, it was so beautiful. He kept, he kept going off about God. And then he'd sit down and be like, I'm gonna shut up, I'm gonna shut up. And he kept going off about God. And the thing is like, I don't even care what he said. And sometimes he's going so fast, I don't even understand everything he said. But there's something you could tell that he's been impacted by God. These people's back in Acts, they would walk around and they said, mm, they've been with Jesus. How do you think they know they've been with Jesus? And we see their acts, it's the name of the book. You see their acts and you're like, oh, wow, they were very fancy, very Christian, very, very lots of miracles, very, very holy things happening. But the holy things happening were a byproduct of God's impact on their lives. And we swap it so many times. Oh, I won't say we, I'm not gonna come for you guys. I'll just say me. I swap it so many times. This is what I found this, in, this, um, in this journey. Oh my goodness. I swap it so many times. It's funny because uh, I took psychology and you, when you take psychology, they kind of go over the history of it. And some of the cures for diseases back in the day, how they handled things were like, oh, you have uh, schizophrenia, you have this. Okay, we're just going to shock you. Like, we'll just shock you. We'll just tase, you, tase it out of you. Or like even some like medical procedures back in the day was like, oh, you have a fever. What you have is probably too much blood in your body. We'll just get some leeches on you. We'll bleed you. And it's like their hearts were like genuinely trying to fix a problem, but they're actually doing more damage than good. And sometimes I approach holiness the same way where it's like, I have this heart of like, I want to be holy, but I'm actually torturing myself and doing more damage than good. I went to the driving range the other day for Father's Day. I was just like, this is what dads do. I haven't been in so long. I literally told the guy, I was like, what do we do? And he was like, just hit it straight. And I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> and, so, and so this day, I, it was all by myself. No one else was there. And so I, was, I grabbed this club and I was swinging it. And I was, I was just so happy to be alive. I didn't care where it went. I was just happy I was enjoying it. But this thing came inside of me like, you could be better. So I went back the next day. Even, even more focused. I even looked up a YouTube version on how to do it. And then I came with the same club, same place. I stood in the same place, same, same golf, everything, same glove, everything was good, everything was the same. But I was doing so bad because I was trying so hard to hit the ball even farther than before. I wasn't worried about enjoying the first Sunday. I was like, I haven't played golf in 13 years. I'm just happy that I can hit that thing. And I was just happy. I was just enjoying it. I literally texted Pastor Liz. I said, this is like a sanctuary. I'm like, I get it now. I get it while you're in Florida. I get why you golf. I get everything. And I was just enjoying it. The next day I was like, this is the worst. And somebody else was behind me and he was hitting it way farther than me. And his dad was like, yeah, that's good. And I was like, it's not that good. Shut up, dad. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm telling you, there was no joy. There was nothing. And in fact, I, my hands started bleeding. I was like, where's this coming from? I have blisters and stuff all over my hands. And I was like, I went into the place and he said, How, how'd it go? And I said, well, I hit it forward, like you said, but it was not fun. And he was like, oh, I said, I showed him my hand. He said, he said, you're holding the club too tight. 
And I didn't realize it, but he said, he was, he was telling me, you're holding the club too tight. And I was holding it so tight because I'm trying to hit it forward really far. And what I was doing was actually damaging me. It was making my shot worse. It was making it much less fun. And sometimes we approach holiness just like this. We're like, I'm going to be holy. <laughs> and it's killing us and it's hurting us. And we're comparing ourselves to other people like, oh, well, he's, oh, well, if he does this, then, and you're trying to like eavesdrop on him. Like, oh, you got to keep your, keep it loose. Uh, trying to remember our YouTube tutorials. And it's like, there is, there is no hope of us getting holiness right outside the, outside the filter, sorry, unless it's through the filter of what he's done, who he is, and how that impacts us. <sighs> Partially, that was for the teaching, but mostly that was just to get off my chest. <laughs> that, that golf is hard. Okay? So just thank you for being there. <sighs> Does that make sense? Hmm. Let's talk about um, accomplishments. Cool. I actually didn't really plan on diving too deep in this, but I feel like it's important. So if you have Galatians, open a gap, chapter five, and um, embrace yourselves. Embrace yourselves. Because we're moving. And I feel like he wants to declutter some things. I had a little sticky note here. (laughs) Oh, let me ask this question to you first, actually. And we might even go to a different place. Don't even listen to me about where we're going. I asked myself in this, because I was wrestling with God, not just in golf, but also in my walk with God when it comes to holiness. I was like, what's so wrong with my own accomplishments? Because I do good things. I fixed that computer. You saw it. I should have got the Nobel Prize. I, and I was like, what's so wrong with this? And, and I even approached it like, I'm trying to do what's right. What's wrong with it? And what he brought up to my heart was in Romans 6, I think it's verse um, 16, that it says that, don't you know, Paul, Paul's talking about, um, you know, don't you know that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? And so the invitation there is, if you want so badly to get it right, then you'll become a, like, like for me, like I know what's right and I'm going to get it right. And I do it by myself in my own strength with my own plan. This is me, my own strategy. If I choose to obey that, I now have made myself my own master, which sounds great to me who loves control. I, me, me, being my master, I'm a huge fan of that. <sighs> But there's a difference between being your own master and having self-control. See, I want control. And so I think to myself, I know what I'll do. I'll do the right thing. And when I don't do the right thing, I'm like, oh, okay, quick. I'll just grab it harder and I'll swing it faster and I'll make it. And it's like this, this approach to how we do things, we put ourselves on the throne of like, I'll do it by myself without you, God. And there's a difference between self-control and being your own master, your own Lord. And it's very simple. Self-control is a fruit of intimacy. The other one's a seed. And Galatians talks about it. I think we'll be in six. Galatians six. When I think about the Lord, do how he saved me, how he raised me, how he picked me up, turned me around, set my feet. General Electric Power Company. That's all right. We're here. We got it. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So the, other, so the difference between self-control and me being my own master 
is one is a fruit. Self-control is a fruit. And we find that in five, it's famous. It's a fruit of the spirit. We love it, right? But you keep reading and it says this in chapter six, verse seven, it says, don't be misled. You cannot mock God's justice. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will, will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. If I'm living to please, if I'm living for me, to please me, whatever, then that's a seed I'm putting in the ground. And I will reap whatever I'm putting in the ground. And that's the thing. I used to think of, I used to think of, because if you guys are familiar with this kind of section of scripture, right before that, we talk about the fruits of the spirit. And right before that, we talk about when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and all these bad things. And I would look at that list as like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And then I'll be so scared because then I read in verse, in chapter six, where it says, don't do that because if you sow that, then you'll reap death. And I, I, I made, I made, um, I made holiness about avoiding death. I made something that was meant to be so intimate, something that's meant to be a byproduct of intimacy with him. I made it about, let's just not die. Because what I saw this invitation to holiness, it was like, it was like holiness to me was like, it, it sounded like a threat. It sounded like you better not be living like this or I'm gonna bop. Do you see what I'm saying? No, maybe you don't. Hopefully you don't. Again, I'm talking just to myself here tonight, okay? I saw it as if you do this, then you'll die. But the thing is, that's not what God's saying. I'm going to unpack this, but let me just take a break for a second to say this. Last week, Pastor Kathy mentioned Jesus Christ being a river of forgiveness, a flowing, constant flow of forgiveness, like a washing machine of forgiveness. He did not forgive you when you said, I confess my sin. He forgave you before the foundations of the world. He wasn't, it wasn't a response to, oh no, you messed up. Mm. That means he's not holding what you've done or what you're doing or what you're going to do against you. He's already made up his mind about it. And so if that's the case, then this verse is a whole new, a whole new world. What is with these Disney songs? It's a whole new world. I'm telling the truth. I'm telling you the truth. It's a whole new world because it's not a punishment for what I've done wrong. It's just a simple principle of dust plus dust equals death. I was dust and then we had life and now I'm alive. But if you take me and you add me, then you're going to get death. Do you see what I'm saying? So when we have this nature that's like, you know, people talk about sinful nature and they think like, ooh, you're doing something bad. But we talked about last week, it's just disconnection from God. So when I take my dirt, like, I mean, just think, no, no farmer just takes dirt and puts it in dirt and expects a crop. You have to take life and put it in dirt and then you have life. And so when we separate ourselves from our thinking and we are like, I'm, I know I'll do this by myself and then expect life to come, we're being ridiculous. And I'm not saying that to, again, not accusatory, just talking to myself up here, but I'm saying this because it rocked me because it was like, I don't have to sit here and try and avoid uh, sexual women. You, can I just read this again and just translate it for you guys? When following the desires of your disconnected nature, the results are very clear, okay? Sexual immorality. Of course, I would want intimacy if I've disconnected myself from intimacy. Of course, I would desire that. 
What's the next one? Impurity. Of course, what is the purity? You look at this gold, it means there's nothing else in it. Of course, I would want to fill myself with something else in me because I've separated myself from everything I need. Of course, it's a result of that. What's the next one? Lustful pleasures. Of course, I would lust after something that pleased me because in his presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. So there's no need for me to need something like that if I'm in his presence. But when I disconnect myself from that, or the awareness of it, then of course I'm going to have lustful pleasures. It's not this thing of like, oh, you bad boy. It's a byproduct of us going in this, in this brain or this mindset of like, I'm disconnected from you. Sorcery, of course I want power. Idolatry, of course I would have that. I'm going to slow down. Of course I would have idols if I disconnected myself from God. He is God. So of course I'm going to be like, I need to find another God real quick. Well, of course. This is not something we're like, like oh, fix this up. We, we can't go about it backwards. We're sitting here tasing ourselves like, get better, be pure, no more sexual immorality, no more impurity, no more idols. And it's like, no, 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 get intimate. Get intimate. I don't know if you missed it, but we can go back to it if you want. Colossians verse, chapter two, verse nine. For in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you, that's me, are complete in him. So if I'm looking, if I have any unholiness in my life, it's because I haven't realized how complete I am in him. I'm looking for something that I can find in him outside of him. Right. And he forgives you for it, but I'm telling you, the second we separated, separate from him in, that, in, that, in our mindset, our own minds, dust plus dust equals death. And that's why it says, don't be silly. Are you joking right now? Don't sit here and mock God's justice. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their disconnected nature will harvest decay and death from their disconnected nature. Do you want to read? Do you want to read? Um, no, no, we don't have time. We're running out of time fast. Okay. Does that make sense? Though? Okay. Well, then we'll go on. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. <sighs> Oh, Jesus, thank you so much. So, I'll say like this. When we start to filter holiness through relationship, who he is and how it impacts us, instead of our accomplishments and what we've done, then we realize holiness is actually a byproduct of wholeness. That was a tough pill for me to swallow. A real tough pill. I actually walked in to somebody's office and I was so ready to bring you guys the holiest of holy messages. And then they asked me a question, what's holiness? And I said, it's, it's um, being set apart. And they're like, is it? And I was like, yeah, read your Bible. You know, <laughs> that's, what, that's like what it says. And it's true. The definition of the Greek word for holy is like to be set apart. And I, and I had this example for you of like a toilet, a toilet, um, a toilet brush versus a toothbrush. And I was going to bring it in. And I was going to brush my, t- 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 you know, just show you like, oh, we're holy because the purpose is, and I was going to talk about purpose and all this stuff. I had this wonderful plan for you guys, but that ruined everything for me because I had my plan based off what I can do because even me, I can set myself apart, but I don't know if you read it in the Bible in first Thessalonians, but it says that he was the one who made me holy. <sighs> Actually Hebrews 10, 10, but we'll, I'll read this one first. Um, it's to always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in every circumstance. I'm not like blase, blase. I'm just trying to get to this. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. Who? That's what I'm saying. May your spirit and your, may your whole spirit and soul be, and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus comes. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. 
the, the subject of that conversation is him. Holiness is about him. You don't believe me? Go to Hebrews 10.10. We're going to bust it wide open right here. I'm not even, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. This is probably going to like, your socks, I hope you have another pair. I'm serious. When I think about... Okay, Hebrews 10, verse 10. I'm going to read in the New King James. Oh, Donna, you're so fast. I'll get you on the next sword, Joe. I'll get you on the next one. Okay. Okay. Oh, I brought my wrong Bible. That's okay. We'll rock with it. Okay. And every, oh, hold on. Let me back up. 10, 10. By, by the will, actually back up a little bit more. Oh, yeah, I'll stay. I'll start in, I'll start in eight. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for your sin, you do not desire, but nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. See the difference in the two? Anyway, we'll keep going. By by that will, we have been uh, sanctified, or which the definition of that word is to be made holy, to be set apart, right? So we have been made holy through the offering of the blood of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every, let's let's pause there. My holiness is dependent on his, what he's done, who he is. Okay. I think we believe that. But again, what do we know about him on paper that we're not yet allowing ourselves to fully embrace and fully enjoy? I'll tell you, we don't have time to go there, but I'm telling you, There are people in my life that when I mentioned, you know, accomplishments and people that I could cry if I started talking about the impact they had in my life. And it didn't come about overnight. It came about in very small moments. In fact, Steve, even still, it'll manifest itself in really small moments. I'll be just driving and look over at Megan and like almost crash the car because I'm like, "Ah," you know, I love her. I'm enjoying her. I'm embracing her. I'm like, this is my wife. And and who she is starts to impact me. And this is the invitation we have tonight. It's not us saying, I'm going to be holy. I'm going to figure out it's you've made me holy. Now, how can I fully embrace it? And the walk of fully embracing that is moment to moment to moment. Is anything getting in the way of me enjoying him or embracing him fully? Even this moment right now. Oh, I got to understand what he's saying. He's kind of moving too quick. He's a little sweaty. Like, don't let anything distract from you enjoying him. Dang, I don't think we have time to go into it. I might throw this in the mix here. But I feel like you guys get the gist for tonight. Okay, I'll I'll keep going here though. And verse 11 says this, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeated and the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice of sins forever, sat down hmm, at the right hand of God. Let me stop for a second. Every priest stands, but Jesus, after he's offered that one sacrifice, sits. There's a difference between what was happening and what's happened with Jesus. We were all standing as priests, and now there's a different posture to take. And I'm telling you, he spoils it right here. And it's seated at the right hand of the Father. So we're trying to work out holiness, and we're like, oh, let me, and we're standing, working things out. And it's like, no, it's actually seated in what he's already done. Once and for all, for everybody. There's a there's an Apple Watch um, thing. I don't I don't wear mine anymore because I'm I've given up. Um, 
everyone's better than me. Actually, in fact, Taylor's destroyed me in these ring competitions and everything. And like, um, but, but there once was a time where I would get a notification on my wrist and it would say, it's time to stand. And it would remind you because it's kind of healthy to stand. And I feel like there's, a, there's this thing I've been inviting God to do in my life. And I want to invite you to do the same. It's not homework. It's just a little, it's just a little apple. What would we call it? Like a, a fruit of the, another fruit of the spirit watch. We'll give it, we'll give it that. And, and I want you guys for, to invite the Holy Spirit to remind you it's time to sit. It's time to sit. It's going to be really healthy for your spirit if you sit and let me, the God who called you, to be faithful. Let me, the God who's in charge of your holiness, to do what I'm called to do. It's been blessing me. Sometimes things happen. I'm like, am I sitting right now? No, I'm not. I'm not. <sighs> okay, I'll, I'll say one more thing. Probably more than that. I'll probably break into like a whole Disney uh, song again. But, but <clears throat> excuse me. I was pulling up to my friend's house and um, out of nowhere, I got this scripture in my head and it was um, in Deuteronomy. It talks, they're going, Moses is going over the law before they go into the promised land. And he talks about all this stuff they need to do. It's really important. But when he goes over the law, he's very clear. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Oh no, no, that was Jesus. He says with all your strength. And I was so bothered by that because I thought to myself, Jesus in Matthew 23, they asked you the most important commandment and you said, love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And I was like, Jesus, do you not know your Bible? <laughs> Moses said strength. And then I was reminded of the sitting versus standing, the strength versus the mind. It's, there, it, there's a different posture we take as priests. There's a different posture we take as, as, um, as kings. And it's not having to do with how powerful we are, but our power comes from a different source now. I don't know if you read it, but he in him is the fullness of all, every, everything about the Godhead is in him. And we find completion in him. And he is ahead over all the authority. So talking about power, we're smack dab in a sandwich of power. This whole nonsense about, um, oh, you go girl, you're so powerful. And it's really like, they're, they're, or, or guy, whatever you, any, anybody, there's a, there's a, there's a, <coughs> a filter. Let me slow down. There's a filter I'm, I'm watching in my life and in people around me. It's like the filter is I become powerful if I'm like, figure it out on my own. You know, I obey what I think is right. And so then I become my own master. I become my own Lord. And the people mistake that for power. But actually the person who's in charge of all power, we found completion in him. So, any questions? Okay, good. then I encourage you. I'm not going to make this. This whole thing was for me anyways. I told you guys, I'm not going to lie to you. This whole message was for me. So if you got nothing out of this, I was really blessed by it. And I really appreciate you guys listening to me while I figure this all out from my golf swing to the, the, my godliness. Um, but no, on a serious note, I do believe that what he's trying to do is reveal his heart to you. And, and, it's not to tell you you're wrong. It's not to tell you what you've been doing is bad. It's not to punish you. It's because he's desiring to be intimate with you.
And everything we walk through is an excuse for us to be intimate with him. And there's these things that we've been wanting in our lives that are actually fruits of intimacy with him. We look at some of these things like, you know, that are mentioned in Galatians and we're like, oh, that's bad, sexual morality, all this wildness. But it's like, it's just a byproduct of when we disconnect from him. But you look at some of these fruits and it's like, there's nothing missing in those fruits in love, in joy, in peace. There's nothing missing in it. There's a wholeness in it. But that wholeness is a byproduct of intimacy with him. And so I just encourage you this week, even now, my prayer for you tonight, tomorrow morning, the rest of this week, is that you don't wrestle with this lofty idea of holiness, but you invite him in to make you realize how whole he sees you. To help us see, God, how whole you see us. I'm not even going to open that up. All right. So can I pray for us? Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for everything that you had to lay down for us. We thank you for all of the knowledge of your word that we have, like the, the logos, the written word. We thank you for introducing us to the rhema. We thank you for introducing us, like personally taking us by the hand and saying, I know you know that I'm your good shepherd, but let me show you how how good of a shepherd I really am in this moment, in this circumstance. I thank you for the fruit of intimacy that starts with, we have no idea what to do in that moment. I thank you for the fruit of intimacy that starts with, we're so overwhelmed and we're wanting to go to what you usually know of like doing it on our own, but instead of following that nature of disconnection, we lean into your connection. Like woo us, like sweep us off our feet this week. We wanna be whole like you're whole. We wanna find everything we need in you. You're whole and we have, we're lacking nothing else. The fullness of God is in you and we find completion in you. <clears throat> so I thank you for that. Oh, Jesus. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. Um, have a blast. Go be holy. Go be whole. <laughs>